welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of The Wise Man's Fear and then we talk about it. This is page 889. Old bottle of brand. Better stuff than anyone around here asks for. Go share it around. He set it on the bar with a solid sound. Bast took an involuntary step forward, his face conflicted. But Reshi, I... Pretty girls dancing, Bast, Quoth said, his voice low and soothing. Someone on the fiddle, and all of them just glad to be alive. Kicking up their skirts to the music, laughing and a little tipsy, their cheeks all rosy and ready to be kissed. He gave the heavy brown bottle a nudge, and it slid down the bar toward his student. You're my ambassador to the town. I may be stuck minding the shop, but you can be there and make my apologies. Bast closed his hand around the neck of the bottle. I'll have one drink, he said, his voice thick with resolve, and one dance, and one kiss with Katie Miller, and maybe another with the Widow Creel, but that's all. He looked Quoth in the eye. I'll only be gone half an hour. Quoth gave a warm smile. I have things to tend to, Bast. I'll cobble together dinner, and we'll give our friend's hand a bit of a rest. Bast grinned and picked up the bottle. Two dances, then! He bolted for the door, and when he opened it, the wind gusted around him, swirling his hair wildly. Save me something to eat! He shouted over his shoulder. The door banged shut. Chronicler gave the innkeeper a curious look. Quoth gave a small shrug. He was getting too tangled up in the story. He can't feel a thing halfway. A little time away will give him some perspective. Besides, I do have dinner to prepare, even if it's only for three. The scribe brought a grimy piece of cloth out of his leather satchel and looked at it with some distaste. I don't suppose I could trouble you for a clean rag, he asked. Quoth nodded and brought out a white linen cloth from beneath the bar. Is there anything else you need? Chronicler stood and walked over to the bar. If you had some strong spirits, it would be a great help, he said, sounding slightly embarrassed. I hate to ask, but when I was robbed... Quoth waved the comment away. Don't be ridiculous, he said. I should have asked you yesterday if there was anything you needed. He moved out from behind the bar toward the basement stairs. I'm assuming wood alcohol would work best. Chronicler nodded and Quoth disappeared into the basement. The scribe picked up the crisply folded square of linen and rubbed it idly between his fingers. Then his eyes wandered up to the sword, hanging high on the wall behind the bar. The gray metal of the blade was striking against the dark wood of the mounting board. That's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. What if Bast actually did intend to be there when the guys showed up and just assumed Quoth would be able to beat them up without his help? Then he wouldn't have agreed to go. Mmm, fine. I guess that's reasonable. It just, it seems so convoluted that he would plan to have... Quoth make him leave and then also be so much like no no I don't want to go well he has to make it convincing it would look suspicious to Quoth if Bash was like okay thanks see you later bye fine I can't believe you're you Jeremy are convincing me of a somewhat cracked pot here well it's not a cracked pot because it's textual on the page that Bast hired these guys and he wanted them to be alone with Quoth so that Quoth could beat the crap is out it of textual them. that he necessarily wanted them him to be alone with Quoth though well, here's the thing. I don't think Bast wants to be there. If Bast is there, then Quoth will know that Bast could take these guys apart so he doesn't need to try, mm. right? If these bandits, are, if these were just bandits there to rob the tavern, Bast could kill them in like two seconds. So Quoth wouldn't have to like put in any work. Bast is making himself scarce so that Quoth is the only person there to defend the inn and he'll have to use the awesome martial arts skills that he learned from the Ada. And thus remind himself who he is and, you know, be like Bast's old Reshi again. Fine, I suppose that makes a lot of sense. Now, having said all of that, 
I do wonder if Bast initially when he made this plan was like, I'll let Kvothe convince me to go, but I will only go for like half an hour. And I do kind of think that maybe Kvothe talks him into it. Talks him into it. Well, you know, I am going to have a pretty good time. Maybe I'll be gone for a little longer than that because he's Faye and he kind of can't help himself. I think so. Just to uh, just to set the tone a little bit, I'm going to look ahead uh, cheating. I know, but um, ringing the shame bell. Ding, yes, ding, yes, yes, yes. Shame, shame, shame. <laughs> to paraphrase, they've been there. They've been there for a while. They've been waiting outside the the uh, inn. They're already oh, there. Oh, they're waiting they for Bast to leave. Time. And they've been waiting for Bast to leave. That was the deal. So Bast is basically like finding an excuse to go. And after he goes is when they come in. So this arrangement has been made and that is textual. Okay. Reasonable. Reasonable. I also, I do enjoy the detail of Bast. Uh, I'm going to have one dance, one kiss with Katie Miller, and maybe another one with the Widow Creole. Oh, you know what's really <laughs> weird about him having one dance with Katie Miller is... I know someone named Katie Miller. <laughs> Katie Miller feels like a pretty common name. I bet if we tried to Google yeah. Katie Miller, we'd Fine. find like a hundred of this them. This is reasonable. Also, but- also, it, it, this is weird to say, but like a very kissable name. Mm. <laughs> That's super weird considering. No, it's like someone you would steal a kiss from at a dance, like fully hundred percent. I'm there. I'm there for it. I'm like nodding along. I cannot, I cannot separate the name from the person in my brain. <laughs> it's very weird. Well, have you ever tried to kiss? No. Her? Oh my god, I was her babysitter. That's such a oh my god. You never kissed her goodnight? A tender kiss on the forehead to okay, ward fine. away the I, night I terrors? probably at one point might have given her a kiss on the forehead, but There you like, go. See? Extremely kissable. <laughs> Although Like Jordana, twenty what years she... ago. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's a verb? Or it's 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 an adjective. She is a, a Katie Miller. Yeah, she's milling Katie's. She's grinding them. Grinding them under the mill wheel. Grist for the grist for the mail. Grist for the mail. <laughs> That's definitely like a boss in Darkest yeah, Dungeon. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. There's Katie there's Miller. Dark Souls, Jordana. There's like the Katie Miller. Oh God, <laughs> horrifying. Thank you for that. Do we think like if, if we're starting to get into the tangled webs that Quoth and Bast are both weaving? Do we think that Quoth really was trying to get rid of Bast so that he could get Chronicler alone? That's an idea I put forward on yesterday's page, but now I'm not so sure because it does kind of seem like he's just bustling around doing in chores. Well, that's why I wonder, right? That's why I'm putting on my crackpot hat because I'm looking for another motivation of Quoth to send Bast away. And the only, so like we could take him at face value and it's an interesting bit of um, description here. He says he can't feel things halfway. Like that might be true. That might be like physiologically true, right? That might be like a fact of the Fae that you feel everything very, very intensely. So it might actually be like, no, I'm calling it a break because it's getting heavy and it's going to be hard on Bass. So I'm actually going to like let him go and blow off some steam. That might just be it, right? But, you know, is there anything that they talk about? There isn't in the next couple of pages, but I kind of wonder if these bandits hadn't interrupted. I do sort of wonder if Quoth might have said to Chronicler, hey, has Bast like done something to you or said something to you? Like, I feel like Quoth can't be so thick as to not have picked up something about the tension that exists between Chronicler and Bast because Bast threatened Chronicler's life uh, one day slash one book ago. Um and I wonder if this might have just been Quoth's way of like trying to get Chronicler alone so that he could say, hey, I know that my apprentice can be a little like, you know, 
hot-headed and intense because he's Faye. Has he like done something to you to make you uncomfortable? Like I'll if he's threatened your life, I'll talk to him about it. That's not cool. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. Yeah. It's interesting because we know so little of Quoth's interiority in the frame. And it kind of reflects to me like we actually know very little of Quoth's interiority in the in the narrative also. Like we only see what he we what he reveals to us. And there's a lot I think on this read, certainly there's a lot that almost explicitly is like revealed as stuff that he is not telling us, but is apparent from how other people treat him. Right. So it's an interesting kind of juxtaposition that even though in the frame narrative, his interiority is completely hidden from us. We don't really get much more than we get in the, in the real narrative. Much to think on. Hmm. Hmm. Much to think on. Yeah. Now, I have cheated and read a couple of pages ahead, but... Ah, you're both cheaters. Shame bell for you all. That's right. But what do we think that Chronicler is asking for a couple of things on the bottom half of this page? What do we think those are for? The alcohol's for cleaning the pen. Oh. So is the linen. Yeah, he needs clean... Yeah, he's asking for the alcohol. That's why he said wood alcohol is best. It's, it's It's for cleaning the ink off the pen. That's also why he needed the cloth. That's not what I assumed based on what they talked about next. That's what I assumed based on my knowledge of ink and fountain pens. I bow to your wisdom on that particular point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we do lead into a conversation about the sword, where his eyes go. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll leave that for tomorrow. Yeah, that is tomorrow. Shall we read a letter? Very well. Mailbag. This letter is from Forever Vin on the Discord, who writes... Dear p pagers time to make it change, p pagers Regarding page 874. I, too, had remained ambivalent with the timing of Chronicler's university attendance. I would like to highlight the incident when Chronicler marvels at Quoth's remarkable ability to learn Tima in preparation for his defense at Imra. Chronicler says, but that's the first story I ever heard about you when I came to the university. If he attended the university before Quoth, how could he have heard the story about Quoth before it ever happened? That implies that Chronicler attended the university after Quoth had gone, but then how could Quoth have read the mating habits of the common Dracus before it was written? In truth, I think the actual answer is likely far more prosaic than we may have thought. Both answers are true. I mean that both versions of the story were written and conflated. Rothfuss messed up with the chronological coherence and the editor slash beta readers didn't catch it. That's it. Occam's Raider. Occam's Razor. Occam's Raider would be sick. Occam's Raider. Occam's Raider is like a good name for like a spaceship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They come in and they just like, I don't know. How would you, they, 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 they ensure that everything occurs simply. It's like a, it's like a team that makes sure that like time variance doesn't happen. Yeah. Occam's, anyway, I'm, Occam's, they, they, they eliminate crackpot theories by tying up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we're, I'm in danger. <laughs> uh, to finish the letter. I suppose that could be a point for Jeremy or against close reading, or perhaps a point against Jeremy since the beta readers weren't reading close enough. Ha! Time may change me, but I can't change time. All the love, signed, forever fit. I can't imagine the beta readers would miss that. I know that I'm constantly saying that a lot of these crackpot theories are too cracked, but this one in particular does strike me as like the kind of thing that Rothfuss would see to see if anyone's paying attention. And, like, when we read tomorrow's page, like, Rothfuss kind of makes that intention textual in the book. So that that one seems, like, so glaring that it seems crazy that someone didn't catch it. And if someone did really didn't catch it and it is just, like, a continuity error, then I will, you know, 
I will accept that, you know, those things still happen, but I feel like if it was a continuity error, then someone must have asked Rothfuss about it on like a Twitch stream and he must have said, oh no, that's just a continuity error. Yeah, it's repeated too often to just be a mistake, right? It's Attention is called to it. Attention is called to the question of when were these two characters at the university in relation to one another? That it seems it seems too uh, too glaring to be unintentional. Jordana, does that jibe with your, with your thinking on this matter? Reasonable. Reasonable. We will endeavor to be less reasonable on tomorrow's page. Uh, the Wind. Wind.